Hey, so over the next four weeks, my name is Caleb, by the way, let me just tell you that first. Um, I'm a student pastor here, and over actually the next, including this one, five weeks, we're going to talk about relationship goals. The goals that we have set for the relationships that we want to have. The thing about goals is any goal you want to achieve in the future, the groundwork has to be done in the present. For example, you want to get A's by the end of the year where you got to start doing homework now, that those don't just come. Like you've got to start setting the groundwork now. And so as you think about your relationship goals and the goals that you want in your life, whether, and I just challenge you to think like 15 years from now, when you're 30 maybe, or you're 31 or two or three, what is it that you hope to have relationally then? Is it a family? Is it a wife? A husband? Is it kids? What does that look like? Here's what you need to know. That would be what I would consider your relationship goal. That you see it. Man, that family that that loves each other, that enjoys one another, that, that is receiving the blessings from the Lord, that is built to last. Well, if you want to achieve that then, You've got to start setting the groundwork for those relationships now. So that's what we're going to talk about. I encourage you um, just to put your phone on vibrate or something. Mine's been blowing up, so I'm going to take it out of my pocket. Uh, But if you want to put yours on vibrate silent so it's not a distraction, I'm going to speak for just a few minutes. And so I just ask that, man, you would give the Lord a chance um, just to teach us something to, to speak to you. Uh, and I'm going to pray for us real quick. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for these students. Lord, thank you um, for your work in our relationships. Lord, the one who redeems, the one uh, who orchestrates, God, we just trust you and your timing. Lord, help us um, to see that you have perfect timing. Lord, that you are ordaining all relationships. And God, that we would um, just follow your lead in that. We love you. We thank you for what you will do in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So the question I have for you then, if the relationship goals that we want, that that takes now, what does it look like? What does it look like to start preparing now for the relationships you want in the future? What does that, like, what does that look like for you to start laying that groundwork? The overarching point, what I love about Scripture, is that God is for right relationships. And so if you look at those relationship goals, I think in your mind you see them as right. You see them as perfect. You see them as put together well. Like what does right relationship look like for you? What does the Bible say about right relationship? Some of you are in relationships even now today that you need to ask the question, is this a right relationship? Is this one that I should continue in or is this something that the Lord is leading me to say, no, I need to cut this off. It's either a wrong relationship or it's a wrong time for the right relationship. Like some of you need to consider that, but what you need to understand and what we're going to really focus on is that God is not against against relationships. That God is in his character as a relational God. He is for right relationships. See, it's in right relationships that we receive the blessings of God and it's in right relationships that the Bible gives us advice on how to make those last. Like God is so for right relationships 
That out of, if you open this book and you look through the Bible and you began to count all the chapters in the Bible, there's 1,189 chapters. Like somebody just got a headache in here, right? Like you're like, oh gosh, reading, ugh. Right? 1,189 chapters. It takes God two chapters to orchestrate his first relationship. And when I say the word orchestrate, I think of like an orchestra where it's one person who is just really putting all the sounds together that that individually don't make a whole lot, but together they make the perfect, beautiful song. That God is orchestrating our relationships, bringing things together in his timing so that when you step back and look at it, man, it is a beautiful song of how mighty and great God is. That our, our, our relationships should sing and should praise how great God is. And it takes two chapters out of 1,189 for God to implement and orchestrate his first relationship. It's Genesis chapter 2. And up until Genesis chapter 2, man had not stepped foot on the earth that God had created everything, the plants, the animals, and all of this stuff. And then God says, man, I am a relational God. And he creates his finest creation yet. And it's recorded like this. It says, then the Lord God formed the man from dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. He formed man. That everything else he had just spoken into creation. But with man. He formed man. And then he breathed the breath of life into his lungs orchestrating this relationship. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had made. It goes on. The Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious Fruit. Not only did God make man and breathe life into him, he then made things that man would enjoy, that man would step back and say, man, that is beautiful, and that fruit is delicious, right? Like he made things for us to take pleasure in, and we would say, man, God, look how you love us. Look at your beauty. God, look at the little things that testify about you and your creation loving us. And that's God. God loves you deeply. God loves you so much that he said, I'm going to make fruit taste good. And you're going to look outside and you're going to be like, man, Friday, this past Friday, and walk outside and you're like, man, it is a beautiful day outside. I don't even have a jacket on. Like, this is amazing. He said, man, he made beautiful and delicious In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Whole different story. That second chapter, God made man in his image, breathed life into him. It goes on, and and we're going to read in just a minute, how then God made other humans. 
But what you need to understand is the order of right relationship is played out here so clearly that God made man to have relationship with him before they had relationship with each other. That right relationship starts when we get our relationship with God right before we try to get our relationships with others right. That if your identity is not in God first, then you begin to try to find it in someone else. The problem with that is have you looked in the mirror lately? I have, and what I saw was a messed up person that does not do well at edifying others. And so if anyone's trying to find their identity in me, their identity is going to look jacked up. And that goes for all of us. That God made us to be in relationship with him first. And then he made us to be in relationship with others. Right relationship. Right relationship. This is how it goes out. This is Genesis 2.18. I'm just going hit to the, hit the main parts. But you can read through the whole story if you want. Genesis 2.18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. And she will be hot. Didn't say that. All right, Genesis 2.22. Then the Lord God made woman and from the rib of the man, and he brought her to the man. And he said, Thank you, God. Yes. I'm just adding that part in, but I'm pretty sure he said that. In verse verse 24, it says, and explains a lot, and this explains why a man leaves his father and mother because he's like, Mom, Dad, look at her. Look at her. I'll talk to you later, right? Like, dang, right? And this explains why man leaves his father and mother and is joined. That means cleaved, glued, bonded, welded, never separating, nothing getting in the way of. That's how it's intended to be. What you need to know is this is before sin. This is God's intention for right relationship. That there is, I put this stuff on, on, on my vehicle, on rust spots on the vehicle. It's called OSPO. And what it does is you put it on the rust spot and it chemically changes the rust from rust into a primer material that then you can paint over. That the picture of marriage is almost the same as that. That when two people come together, they form something different, something new. The two chemicals combining form something that is better than either of them separately. He says, man, they are cleaved, they are glued, they are bonded to his wife. And the two are united into one. Now the man and his wife were both naked. That's what my son says. They're both naked. But they felt no shame. That's a change. That the man and his wife were both naked before God and before each other and they felt no shame. It's a picture of transparency. That I don't think they wrote that in the Bible so we'd be focused on like, ooh, yeah, okay. Like I think they put that, yeah, that's what everybody's saying in their head like, hmm, okay, all right. Okay. Go on. Um, 
I think they put that in the Bible so they would show the picture of transparency of heart between man and God and humans with each other. That right relationship starts when we become and remain transparent with God. That our relationship with God comes first. And we stay transparent with Him. That in our transparency with God, we begin to see the character of God. So often when we screw up, when we sin, when we mess up, we want to run away from God. Why? Because we are ashamed and we are dealing with guilt. If you were here a few weeks ago, you heard me tell you about my friend who texted me and said, hey, I don't believe in God anymore. I don't think it's a healthy, Christianity is a healthy religion because it promotes guilt. This is a man who got the wrong understanding of God. That he never became transparent with God. Instead, he carried the guilt of his sin around. He says, right relationship with God is a naked heart before God. That it's transparency saying, God, I screwed up. I messed up. God, I am messed up. And a transparency of saying, God, and I need you desperately. And in transparency, I want you to hear this. In transparency, we begin to see the character and the nature of God. That we begin to see how God responds to our confession of our sin. In 1 John 1, 9. We get like a really cool picture of that. He says, if we confess our sin, if we are transparent before God saying, God, here's where I fail. Here's where I fall short. Here's where I need you. Here's where I'm insecure. Here's where I'm scared. God, here are the things that that I am really desperate about. He says, he is faithful. That there is no sin that scares God away, that causes him to want to run away. But it says, no, when we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive. That he doesn't leave us, but instead he forgives us. And then this is a really cool part. And then he cleanses us. He forgives us to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That he forgives your sin to then make you clean so that you would be better than you were before you confessed. What? He said, I want to make you from unrighteous to righteous, put you in right standing with me. Man, I want to cleanse you and then strengthen you. But what it takes is you being transparent with me right relationship. He says, man, I'm for right relationship. But before you start right relationship with each other, you need to be in right relationship with me. And a key to that right relationship is transparency. And so I I consider you, I, 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 I challenge you really to consider, are you in right relationship with God? That are you living a transparent life with Him? Well, that means you take time where you may get on your knees and you just may be open with God in ways you've never been before. Because it's in those moments that we begin to see God's character. I was right here that we begin to see God's love 
for us. It's in those moments that He begins to redeem us. And what's cool about this scripture, what's cool about this Bible, is that it's packed full of relationship advice. Like high school, I was like the, the worst dude, right? Like I had this weird complex of like popular girls and I just wanted to get to see if they would like me. Like can this doofus like make that hottie like me? And so then I would just try to make her like me and then I realized once she liked me, like nope, I don't think I like her. No, I don't. And then, and then it would end up this awkwardness and then it would end up broken hearts and then that went into college where, where I, I like started to do things I shouldn't have done with girls and, and I started to have relationships that I shouldn't have had that only ended with scars and breakups and broken hearts. It's the thing that scares me the most about youth group relationships. When I see y'all dating each other, like, hey, we're together now. Whew. My fear, my fear is that Satan's going to use that relationship that you will break up with one another and it will be a bad breakup because you did things that were not right or in right time. And then what happens? Well, somebody can't come no more. And what happens a lot of times is both of them are afraid the other person's going to be there and so neither of them show up. And Satan just brought two people out of the church family because of sin. That's my biggest fear, is that Satan would allow, would, would use your relationships that you're allowing to take place to remove you from the body of Christ. That is his biggest challenge. He doesn't want to hurt you. He doesn't want to scare you. He just wants to separate you from Jesus. That's Satan's role. He just wants to separate you from Jesus. That's all he wants. Jesus' life. Jesus brings life. Jesus redeems. Satan says, no, I want to separate you from him. And that's my fear. And that's why I think this series is so important. And what is so cool about this scripture is it's packed full of advice on how to have relationships that lead to the blessing of God in your life and that lead to relationships that last. That if you'll begin to say, God, okay, I really want to know what that looks like and I really want to see what that looks like. That it's packed full of advice on how to achieve that relationship goal. Divorce right now is at 50%. One in two people get divorced. And you know who suffers usually the most is y'all in this room who may have broken families. You know exactly how that feels. You know how it feels to have the split time between mom and dad, to not be able to do Christmas together, to not be able to, to um, hang out with one parent. You only get you just one at a time, right? And it's, it's this back and forth. And, it's, and, and then there may be, if your parents don't get along, right, there's an animosity there and, and maybe a jealousy there. And it's a big deal. If we're not careful now to lay the groundwork now and to lay the patterns now on how we treat our relationships and how we handle those things and how we learn to love one another, that we will be that statistic. That what you do now sets the groundwork for those relationships later. But what it starts with is that transparency that transparency. And if you're in here, if you're in here now and you're in relationship and you're asking the question, well, how do I know if I'm in right relationship? How do, you, how do I know if the relationship I'm in is a right one? Here's a couple questions you can ask. 
first one is basic. Is it God approved? Is God saying, yes, my blessing's all over this relationship. You, you are about it. Like I, as we looked, your relationship with me comes first and then with them and it's based on purity and, and, it's, and it's based on, on waiting until marriage to do things, right? It is right with me. Or is there things where you, you say, no, I really actually need to go to the Lord and confess and be transparent with him about things going on in this relationship? And maybe it's not right. The second is, hey, and y'all aren't going to hear this, but God gave you your parents for a reason. Do your parents approve? Do your parents approve of the relationship that's going on in your life? Now, there's going to come a time where you are going to be able to veto your parents. And I think if you're living in their house and whatever, like, do, you, do your parents approve of it? Are they okay with it? Are they cool? Do you have their blessing? Lastly, is do you approve of it? If you could have an outer body experience and you could step back and look at you and your relationship, what would you tell yourself? Hey, keep going in this relationship. It's really doing you good things. Or would you tell yourself, man, you should probably jump ship, like stop that train, get out of there, burn that piece to the ground, like move on. I think often the Lord uses that, or when we step back, if we really begin to look at it, I mean, I think that is really a voice of reason sometimes. I think that's a voice of reason sometimes. And then lastly, is there anything in your relationship that you have to keep a secret? Is there anything that you have to keep in the dark that you can't be 100% transparent about? That only you and the person you're in relationship with really know about that's happening? Like if that is the relationship you're in, then here's the thing. It's either a wrong relationship and you should never be in it, or it's a right relationship, but it's just the wrong time. Like that's between you and the Lord to figure out. But it's either a wrong relationship. If, if you had to check off any of those marks, God doesn't approve, mom doesn't approve, I don't approve, I have to keep secrets. There's things that I, I wouldn't do in this room that I've been doing with whoever. Any of those marks, you need to reconsider whether that relationship's right or not. See, God is for right relationships and right timing. But it takes you being transparent, seeking the wisdom of God on that. And so as, as you go out this week, I just challenge you, evaluate your relationships. Are they right? Do they meet those expectations?